Breakfast on Radio 191 FM. Tēnā ahi ahi. This is the news on Radio 1 te reo irirangi kōtahi po rahina takau ma iwa o Takurua. Ko Quentin tēnei. A student, believed to be at a Riori event last week, suffered a finger laceration on campus on Wednesday evening, causing a pool of blood to be left outside Union Grill. Last week on Thursday, a large pile of salt and sawdust were noticed outside the Union Grill, covering a substantial pool of blood that had been left there the night before. According to Sage Burke, manager of OUSA Student Support, the victim was supported with first aid by members of RUOK, the student volunteer group based out of OUSA Student Support. They were then taken to the emergency department. Burke told Radio 1 that it was believed that the victim was from out of town and it was unclear if they had been attending an OUSA event. Otago University has backed down from their plans to fine students for rubbish at their flats. The controversial plan was a part of proposed changes to the Student Code of Conduct, which governs student behaviour at the university. The Code of Conduct was being reviewed as a part of a mandatory 10-year cycle. In their statement of findings, the university acknowledged that rubbish continued to be an issue around Dunedin, but commented that the mismanagement occurred in only a minority of flats. However, after considering 88 pages worth of submissions, the majority of which opposed the changes, the university has decided to remove this proposal from the changes to the Student Code of Conduct. OUSA President Michaela Waitavi was pleased with this outcome. I'm really happy that everything that we pushed for and that students submitted on was heard. Um, it was a pretty simple meeting when we finalised everything. I think it was an overwhelming desire to not have the rubbish fines, and it was hard to argue against that. Um, so what we thought would be the biggest argument ended up just being the easiest one to get rid of, because I think everyone realised after all the media headlines and everything, it wasn't going to be worth it. In their submission to the university, OUSA had called for the entire code of conduct to be scrapped, believing it was gross overreach on the part of the university. We we diametrically oppose the code as a whole. Um, you know, there's a place for on-campus, you know, academic infringements, that sort of thing. But when it gets into personal lives and personal behaviours, we don't think universities have that have a say in that. President Waite Harvey pointed out, however, that a recent bylaw passed by the Dunedin City Council would allow the council to impose fines on people for similar reasons. This bylaw, however, isn't solely targeting students or rubbish at flats. Yeah, I don't know the full detail of them, but the DCC will be able to infringe people on their private property if they are for like. Exa- I think the reason it was created, for example, is hoarding um, being a large issue in areas where there's people who just. Um, hoard a lot of stuff and it causes nuisance where there's like smell or mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing so it kind of comes under that nuisance tort. Mm-hmm. President Waite Harvey also believed that this was a more desirable outcome believing that rubbish management was in council jurisdiction as opposed to the university. Student accommodation is set to be shaken up with a new code of conduct governing tertiary accommodation providers having been released. On Friday last week, the Ministry of Education released the new Code of Practice governing tertiary accommodation providers, resulting from the inquiry into student accommodation which was completed earlier in the year.
The education, pastoral care of tertiary and international learners code of practice comes into effect from the 1st of January 2022 and sets out the framework in which halls of residence will have to operate. An interim code of practice was written in 2019 and implemented in 2020 after the death of University of Canterbury student Mason Pendrus, who passed away while in a hall of residence. OUSA President Michaela Waite-Harvey said she was very satisfied with the final version of the Code of Practice. She noted that much of what OUSA had submitted had been included in the final version of the Code. Waite-Harvey was glad to see that the Code had found the right balance between providing safety and security for students without babying or smothering them. President Waite-Harvey didn't think that this code would affect the practices in halls of residence at Otago University too much, saying that they had been held as the gold standard by the Ministry of Education in the past. Resulting from this, and the not-for-profit model of Otago University halls, Waite-Harvey didn't believe that the new requirements imposed by this code of conduct would pass costs on to students. I mean, fees will increase no matter what. The university has a policy of inflation. Like, university halls here run on a not-for-profit model. We usually only see 2% increases. That's because it keeps up with inflation costs and the cost for repairs and keeping the halls, you know, I don't know, standing. Um, You look at other places like like Auckland that have private third-party Like, that's where the issue is. Mm The process for disputes resolution was one of the most talked about issues during the inquiry into student accommodation. Stories from across the country of issues of racism and sexism being swept under the rug were heard by the Education and Workforce Select Committee over and over again. President Waite Harvey believed that the new disputes resolution mechanism in the code appears promising and would help to alleviate these issues. You know, you could always take complaints to your hall, you could always take complaints to your head of department, etc. But uh, universities don't have a consistent regime for um, complaints, and a lot of them, while they seem formal, are actually convoluted bureaucratic and work in a way that sort of, you know, pats your head and says, okay, you can go away, here's your like. But it never actually fixes the problem because it's in- internal. That's. You know, no one ever wants to be held accountable, so why should they be reviewing themselves when they're the ones who cause the problem? So having an external body to be able to review things and give recommendations or requirements or fines um, is really important. A small fire at Otago University last night saw a major emergency response call-out. The fire, which started in a toilet in the woman's bathroom in the Information Services building, was reported by an alarm at 8.05pm. A Fire and Emergency New Zealand spokeswoman said that the fire was easily extinguished. Fire crews from Willowbank, St Kilda and Dunedin City attended the event. According to a university spokesperson, the fire is believed to have started in a rubbish bin. Damage was contained to the bin and the floor underneath sustained minor heat damage. The toilet block is expected to reopen early this afternoon after cleaning. The cause of the fire is currently under investigation. That was the news here on Radio 1. Now, the weather. The Radio 1 91 FM weather. A high of 11 degrees today, with low cloud and fog along the coast this morning. This is all set to clear and become fine this afternoon with light winds. 3 degrees overnight. That was the weather here on Radio 1, Pareo Irirangi, Kotahi 91 FM. The R1 News, weekdays at 12, 2 and 5, or catch up on our podcast page, 